Welcome to episode two of Consultant Speak, the podcast brought to you by Russell Partnership Collection, Europe's leading food and technology consultancy company. Hopefully you heard episode one of our podcast with Professor David Russell, who is company chairman for Russell Partnership Collection. In this episode, we will be speaking with Heidi Anaya, who is head of education for Russell Partnership Technology. Our podcast today will focus on simulation programs and how these are created, customized, and utilized for teaching, training, and development across the hospitality industry. For those of you who are new to the world of simulations, these programs place participants into the position of managing a service industry business in a virtual environment that mirrors the real world. This form of educational gamification is immersive, engaging, and a great way to deliver teaching, learning, and development. My name is Peter Russell, and I am Operations Director for Russell Partnership Technology. I will be the host for the podcast today, and I'm very much looking forward to the conversation with Heidi. Hi, Heidi, and welcome to the Consultant Speak podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great, Pete. Thanks for having me. No worries. Very glad to have you here. Now, for all of you listening out there, Heidi and I do work very closely together at Russell Partnership Technology, and I've asked Heidi to be our guest today so we can focus on how simulations are utilized for teaching, training, and development. We will address how these programs are created and customized and the power behind the learning these programs deliver. So Heidi, can I start uh, by asking you to tell us a little more about who you are and your role within the business? Absolutely. So uh, my name is Heidi Anaya, as Peter mentioned, and I'm the head of education for Russell Partnership Technology. Uh, I'm very much a veteran of the hospitality industry. I started in the industry back in 1991, uh, when things were just a little bit different than they are nowadays. And uh, my role with uh, Russell Partnership Technology is all about supporting educational institutes around the world that are using any of our simulation products in their curriculum. Uh, I'm also involved in uh, a number of our industry initiatives with uh, both on-site and online um, education uh, using our simulation products. Fantastic. So uh, lots of uh, lots of background there on simulations, which is uh, which is good, and obviously we'll be talking about over the course of this podcast. Um, so I'd be really interested to know what was your first introduction to simulations, and what was that experience like? Well, I, I share this story often when I'm working with uh, new users of the simulation because my very first introduction was back in 2011 when I was uh, getting my certification in hospitality business acumen through the HSMAI. And uh, part of that course, which uh, interestingly, I'm now the instructor for, uh, part of that course involved using simulation. And uh, it was a real challenge. It was something very new to me, even though I had many years of industry experience. uh, It was uh, a very exciting and dynamic and challenging environment to be competing against others and uh, using the simulation environment uh, in order to, to run a hotel for myself. 
and I, I always tell the story that um, when uh, when it was all said and done uh, out of a group of eight hotels, uh, I came in in the eighth position. And uh, I didn't hang my head, though, because I, I really had learned a tremendous amount. And uh, in the months that followed that, that really kind of um, developed my my curiosity and intrigue of simulation. And uh, needless to say, now when I talk to people, I, I tell them, don't worry so much about whether you win or lose the simulation competition, because oftentimes the people that uh, that don't win it are the ones that come away with the most knowledge. And without question, that would be me. Well, that's great to hear. And um, definitely that competitive spirit is uh, is alive and well whenever simulations are in use um, from, from my experience as well. So uh, but very interesting to hear that story. Um, sort of obviously going back to that point and looking, looking to where we are now, how do you feel simulations have evolved from when you first started utilising them uh, up until today? Well, I think they've had to evolve in light of the fact that the industry is constantly evolving. And so I think some of the biggest things that I've noticed in terms of the, the evolution and continued growth of simulation, um, the, the first main thing would be the bigger focus on revenue management. Um, if you think back even to 10 years ago, revenue management wasn't as big of a, a component of the industry as it is now. Uh, if you think back even further than that, revenue management, there weren't even revenue managers going back 20 years ago or even 15 years ago. So I think that that's, that's one big piece of how simulations have evolved. Certainly, too, uh, as we get a bit more granular with the idea of revenue management, it's, it's increase in the focus on forecasting, it's increase in the focus on OTAs and understanding how that works, um, and, and the, the all-importance of OTAs. Uh, definitely some other areas have become big in simulation too, and they, they've had to as we've moved forward. Um, certainly the, um, the environmental focus, uh, that's become a, a big part of industry. So naturally, it's had to be something that, uh, that's incorporated into simulation. And likewise, uh, social media. Um, you know, even 10 years ago, there was a very big difference in social media than there is today. So naturally, trying to incorporate more of that into simulation has become very, very important. So uh, lots of changes and lots of continued changes as the industry continues to progress. Fantastic. Um, and yes, as you say, you know, it's clear that the simulations need to mirror the real world. So as the industry develops, the simulations need to develop in the same way. So so it's, it's clearly important to stay very connected with the industry. Um, I'd be really interested to know how, how your experience within the hospitality industry guided the way you work with and deliver the simulations for teaching and training. Well, I think having the experience that I did, and I had a, a combination of, of operational experience and then um, sales and, and marketing experience has really helped uh, users in terms of, of giving them that, that understanding of sort of the interconnectivity of hotels and the fact that uh, you can't operate in a silo when you work in a hotel because everything you do impacts other areas. And that's one of the biggest pieces of feedback that I hear from, from users is that I had no idea that the decisions that I would make relating to my rooms forecast could so greatly affect the food and beverage department or my marketing and advertising decisions could so greatly affect uh, you know, something else. So I think that's that's a big part of it is taking what I know from having worked physically in a hotel uh, and incorporating that into teaching with the simulation and really showing that this is this is true to life. 
I think the other part is just the hands-on part. Uh, so many people that use simulation, particularly in education, uh, have never worked in a hotel before. So this then gives the opportunity to really learn by doing. And I, I think that that's been a, a key component too. Oftentimes I'll, I'll tell new users, this is your perfect opportunity to work in a hotel, to run a hotel without running that risk of bankrupting it or losing your job. It's the safest environment. And so I think that knowing what the repercussions would be if you were working in a hotel and doing these things um, really lends itself well to encouraging users to take some chances, to, to risk a few things just to see what the impact is going to be, because simulation is really that, that safe practice environment. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that the um, the experience that you have from having worked in the industry really helps to, to sort of make those learning points um, come to life. As you said, with simulation, that's obviously a, you know, a big part of what the simulations do. And then being able to add your own personal experience on top um, must must do a, a greater level of that as well with, the, with all the different groups. So we've talked um, about how you work with simulations, both within education and industry a little. And can you tell me specifically with regard to educational institutes, how you support their utilization of simulations in the classroom? Absolutely. So, so my role, although it doesn't say it in my title, my role really is client support. And it, it's being there to help the instructors who in turn can then help their students. So starts right at the very beginning. If a new client comes on board uh, or a new instructor comes on board at a particular university or college, it's making sure that they're set up to succeed. So it's making sure that they have access to orientation materials, um, certainly to time with me if needed to be able to answer questions or troubleshoot any, any things that they don't understand. And then from there, it's just being sort of that hand to hold behind the scenes. And uh, that's oftentimes what I'll, I'll tell a new instructor is uh, I'm here behind the scenes at any point in time. So if, if you get a question, all you need to do is send me an email or pick up the phone and call me and, and I'm there to help you. So that way, instructors don't feel like we've just... Uh, provided them with the software, and now they're on their own. It, it's not at all like that. My role is very much to be there to to be their uh, their assistant, so to speak, um, but allow them to lead the activity in the classroom. And certainly, one of the things that that I do with some of the more established uh, instructors and some of the more established colleges and universities where they've been using the simulation for a while is just helping with understanding results. Um, much like in reality, we don't always understand why we achieved the results that we did. And so sometimes having that fresh set of eyes to take a look at results and say, well, this happened because of this uh, is a big uh, assistance to, to instructors. And so that's a big part of my role uh, as well. Fantastic. And, you know, certainly um, it's a very supportive environment, um, which obviously I, I know from from working with you um, in terms of uh, the work with those educational institutes. Um, and uh, obviously that's incredibly valuable in terms of what they then are able to deliver to the students who, as we know, are the future of the hospitality industry. So how, how do you feel uh, delivery has evolved over recent years, especially in terms of the increase we're seeing in, in online delivery and of course, that's going to be even more pronounced um, in recent times due to COVID-19. So how, how have you seen that online delivery evolve in, in recent years? 
Yeah, it's it's really come a long way. And I think that uh, certainly in 2020, a lot of instructors have have um, overcome their fear of, of delivery on, online. And we've certainly done a lot to try to help with that. Earlier this year, we created a, a wide uh, library of orientation videos for, for all of our products. And they were videos for not only the instructor, but also for the students. So to help the instructors uh, and certainly to make sure that the students were feeling as comfortable as possible, given that they weren't having that, uh, you know, face-to-face traditional sort of contact with their instructors. Um, You know, we consider ourselves to be an industry leader in in delivering our products online. And so uh, on more than one occasion, even before 2020, I've been asked for tips and tricks about how best to engage an audience in online delivery. And um, certainly, you know, through the use of, of different types of, um, of software and, and being able to provide feedback to the students, uh, I think that's really, really important. Um, and, and being seen as a, a bit of a, a subject matter expert uh, in, in helping with that evolution on, into online. Uh, you know, I've been doing it a long time. And so the, the transition in 2020 was not a difficult one. Um, but I think that showing how it's been successful for so many years has really helped a lot of instructors who had to change it over in, in, in the matter of uh, a day, and in some cases, maybe even less. So I, I think the added support that instructors have had has really made a difference. And uh, just that that understanding that these programs, these simulations are, are beautiful for online delivery because uh, they can be used from anywhere. Uh, all you need is a reliable internet connection. And so any device from any location, um, students and, and, uh, and their instructors can get connected, which has just made it a very, very easy transition. That's great. And, uh, you know, fantastic that you had so much experience of working online, because as you said, you know, a lot of people have had to make some very rapid um, adjustments. But obviously, um, that's always going to be the case as things develop. And um, of course, this year has been a bit more pronounced than usual. Um, but um, as, uh, as as is the way, you know, everyone has to roll with the punches on these things. Obviously, with uh, with this being utilised all over the world in terms of students and um, how do you find that students react to the programs and, and what kind of feedback do you do you hear or do you get from them on, on their on their utilization of simulations? Well, they love it. And and I know that I've had many conversations with instructors who've said that the, the course evaluations have shown that and that the students love that ability to be hands on. They love the ability to be in the driver's seat. They love the ability to really uh, be able to implement some strategic thinking and kind of coming back to one of the answers I, I gave you previously, uh, the fact that it's a safe environment and that they can they can practice. And if they make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. Uh, so they can really learn from it. And so students love being able to understand the cause and effect of decisions and be able to do it in that, that environment where um, they, they're in control. And so they can determine what do I need to do to change things? What do I need to do to continue going on the, the course that, uh, that I'm on? I think, too, students like uh, in the environments where they work with others, they like the group component of it. Um, And, you know, as I mentioned before, you very rarely work completely by yourself in industry. So I think that's another part of it, whether they're working in a a pair or a trio or a larger group. uh, I think that they like that as well. And it gives them really relevant experience for what's going to happen when they do get into a, a hospitality position. 
Absolutely. And, you know, a core component, obviously, of, of students learning about hospitality is that, you know, this is all with a view to them learning so that they are ready um, to step into industry. You know, obviously, if we take it back to the to the root call, then that's obviously something which they're working towards all the time. I think definitely a core component with this type of learning um, is that you mentioned it earlier, the um, the experience of learning by doing. What do you feel are some of the core elements, uh, sorry, some of the core learning elements that students take away from these programs? I think there's quite a few. I I think that um, certainly the importance of planning, you can't just do this. And and I think so often students think that that they can, um, and maybe even some instructors do too, but it it takes some planning and and you would never just walk into a hotel and say, okay, I'm taking over and I want to do this, 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 and this. There there has to be some planning in place and some goal setting. Um, So I think that's a, a big part of it. I think, too, you know, the students really take away from it the understanding that that everything counts. So often we have sort of this preconceived notion that finance is the is the be all end all because we hear a lot about profit and loss and cash position. And but the reality is and and, and it's very, very uh, front and center in the simulations is that it's all fine and good if you have great financial uh, numbers. But if you don't have happy guests or happy associates or you don't have the right place in the market, uh, then you're not going to be a successful hotel overall. And I think that becomes a big um, sort of learning element for students, understanding that, that everything matters and that it's a matter of the, the balance of it all and uh, really sort of understanding how all the pieces fit together. I've, I've heard students describe it as a bit of a jigsaw puzzle. And I, I think that's a great uh, description because everything does have to fit and it comes from so many different components. And I think that that gives them that understanding or more of an understanding of how uh, industry works and how a hotel works uh, in reality. Great. And, you know, that word balance you mentioned, it came out for me from your answer in terms of, um, you know, it's clear that all of these elements have uh, have a part to play and, um, you know, it enables students to sort of build that holistic view of, of how a hotel works that that maybe, you know, in reality, they've struggled to um, to actually piece together before using a simulation because they didn't quite understand how the bits connected. But like, as you've mentioned from quite a few of the different bits, you know, it's clear that the simulations do enable students to do that. Continuing um, to talk about students. Now, I know that you lead uh, and have done for many years the the Eurocree Challenge, which is a simulation competition for universities and colleges. And, and, and clearly competition is a clear part of the simulations as well. Can you tell me a little bit more about the Eurocree Challenge and, and how you deliver that? Absolutely. It's been my privilege to, to host uh, this inter-university challenge. Um, it's going into its seventh year. We started back in 2015. And uh, it's uh, for Eurocree uh, universities and colleges and member universities and colleges, uh, teams of four that, uh, that come from, from each school. And uh, they have an instructor lead that, uh, that assists them. And basically, it's comprised of two components. So the first is a simulation challenge where each group of four students from a, a school uh, is competing, operating a hotel in the simulation environment. And they're competing against other schools that are also uh, in the challenge. And so it becomes a very dynamic, true-to-life competition. And uh, we've had uh, as many as nine schools compete 
meeting. So you can imagine a competitive set of nine hotels, uh, each being represented by uh, a different university or college. Now, the, the big win comes from the hotel that ends up with the best balance scorecard at the end. So there's the word balance again. Uh, so it's the idea of the best performance overall in the areas of market financial guest satisfaction and associate engagement. Now, the second component of the Euro Korea University Challenge is that they are also competing or completing, I should say, uh, their certificate in hospitality business acumen. So they're uh, going through online modules on their own that they do individually versus the group work they do in the simulation. And they're uh, they're getting uh, all of the, the content and theory that they need to then take an exam at the end and pass and get their certificate. And that certificate becomes a, a nice addition to a resident for a, uh, a graduate that's going out into industry and looking for a position. The uh, Euro Cree University Challenge has always been online because we have students that, uh, that are in countries quite literally all over Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. And then, of course, myself uh, being based in the United States. So uh, it's been online. And um, generally, the students would get together and, and make their simulation decisions together. And then, uh, in most cases, get together uh, as a group for a, a weekly web conference with myself and the other teams. Now, as you can imagine, in 2020, we had a little bit of shifting to do because the competition ran from near the end of February to the end of March. And we know so much was happening in the world at that time. But the uh, the students that were participating were phenomenal and, and really adapted well and just uh, moved to doing everything online, much like they were doing with everything else. Uh, we're going in, as I mentioned, to our seventh year and that competition will run starting in late February of 2021. And uh, it's an exciting competition with a lot of knowledge to be gained uh, and then some prizes, too, for the uh, the winning school. OK, fantastic. Well, the Eurocree Challenge is, is clearly a fantastic competition. So for anyone who's interested in that, uh, we will post a little bit uh, more information within the description for the podcast. And we'll put a link in there to Eurocree. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know Eurocree already, uh, Eurocree is part of the Cree organization and Cree is the Council for Hotel and Restaurant and Institutional Education, and Eurocree is the European Federation as part of that global organization. So Heidi, moving forwards, um, working with students is clearly incredibly rewarding and diverse in nature. And of course, they then go on and work in the hospitality industry, as we mentioned. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you deliver training sessions with the industry online with some of the world's leading hotel groups? Absolutely. So uh, I mentioned earlier that my initial uh, introduction to simulation was through taking the CHBA or Certified in Hospitality Business Acumen course. Uh, and that's uh, offered through the HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International. And uh, we offer uh, that course um, to some of the world's leading hotel groups, and it's all done online. Uh, generally, it's done in a, in a group format in that it might be a, a group of uh, eight or 10 or, or even up, upwards of 20 people um, that are participating in the course. And the course is comprised of a couple of different components. Simulation plays a big part in it. Um, and that's where each individual, or sometimes they work in pairs, are operating a hotel. And, and uh, kind of like I described for the Euro challenge, it's uh, operating in a competitive set that's that's made up of the rest of the people that are in the course. So again, very live, very dynamic competition, nothing
nothing where they're competing against the computer, so to speak. They're definitely competing against each other and being impacted by not only the decisions they make, but the decisions that others make as well. Uh, the other component of that is going through the learning modules and then taking the exam to then get their certification in hospitality business acumen. And uh, we're very proud to partner with HSMAI uh, in offering that program. Uh, in 2020, we, we've also had the uh, opportunity to create an individual version of that course. Sometimes we have uh, hotel groups that say, you know, we just don't have enough people to put together a course uh, or we can't set a schedule that's going to work for everyone. And so we were able to create an individual version where the uh, participants are still uh, learning the same content and having the experience of going through the simulation uh, in a very dynamic environment where they're still able to see the impact of competition and see the impact of their decisions and at the end still take the exam and get their certification. And so that's been a very successful launch earlier this year. I, I dare say in, in good part because of the fact that so many more people are, are uh, home and able to, uh, to devote the time to it. And uh, it might be one of those courses that people had wanted to do for a long time, but uh, you know they, they couldn't get a group together. Uh, and now it's available to be done individually. So uh, some great on, uh, online options uh, that we have uh, for working with some of the world's leading hotel groups. That's great to hear. And in terms of, uh, you know, pivoting and, you know, ad adaptation is clearly one of the key things that's happened this year. So it's great to hear how that happened in terms of moving that um, to make it available for more people um, this year, which is uh, which is fantastic to hear. So that was obviously talking about online delivery. And I'd be interested to know. So when when delivering simulation sessions on site, what does a normal training day consist of? What does that look like in terms of the delivery for you? Sure. So, you know, we'll run classes that could be one day, two days, three days. It really is uh, is based on the, the preference of, of the client and with different um, uh, hotel groups, um, you know, based on the time that they have. Uh, that's how we structure it. But um, you know, we uh, we meet with the group and and really kind of dive into simulation pretty early on and and really position it as once again um, the fact that they may come in there with expertise in one particular area, but this is going to give them that rounded knowledge of hotel operations and um, certainly uh, giving them the opportunity to learn by doing. Uh, and to do it in an environment that's safe. I know I keep coming back to that, but I, I think what holds back a lot of people in industry uh, from maybe taking a, a chance on something is, is just the fear of, of failure. And so that's where the simulation becomes such a great learning tool um, because uh, failure is an option and that's okay as long as you learn from it. And so, um, you know, there's planning time. Uh, generally, we have the students, uh, I beg your pardon, the, uh, the industry professionals work in groups. And we have them uh, do some planning, first of all, because that's so critical and important, uh, setting some goals. Uh, they're given background information about their hotel and then some ideas of, of what's coming in the future and what the present day situation is. Uh, and then it's really working through the simulation. And depending on the amount of time, it could be one year of simulation competition or two or three uh, with a lot of time allowed for analysis in between uh, each of the months of the year, um, because that's such a critical component to really understand, did what I decided to do work or not? 
Um, what do I need to change as I move forward? Where am I in, in my relation to in relation to my goals and so on? And um, you know, we use the same simulations that are used in education, um, but we do have the ability to take them to a bit more of an elevated level. So uh, depending on who our audience is, when we uh, do this in industry, we have everyone from uh, a director of housekeeping to a director of operations to general managers to finance folks. Uh, really uh, quite a variety of audience. So we always make sure that the simulation is is tailored most accordingly to the knowledge level and experience level of the group. That's great. And you clearly, when you're delivering those sessions, you, you must have some very diverse groups of, uh, of hoteliers, which I'm sure is always uh, always great in terms of the the, uh, the delivery. Um, and as you mentioned, there's lots of learning to bring out um, for, for people and you know, it might be different, as you mentioned, for, for different people, depending on the knowledge that they need um, to help them progress. So I'd be really interested to know, um, you know, whether you're delivering online or on site, what are the core pieces of advice that you convey when delivering this type of training? Yeah, and I, I think, again, it comes back to the knowledge level, and this goes for industry, uh, you know, level of experience, uh, level of seniority, level of responsibility, but then also in education. I mean, are they new, brand new, and in, in, uh, are they using this in their very first year of studies? Are they, uh, um, you know, in their final year of studies? But I think regardless, um, the key things are, are the importance of planning, the importance of having a plan so that you have a benchmark and you have a, a bit of a roadmap map of where you want to go. And that way you also know whether or not you've deviated from the roadmap or whether you're moving along the way that you should. And that ties into strategy too. And understanding that the strategy you start with at the beginning isn't necessarily going to be the strategy that you end with or have even in the middle of the simulation event. So I think that's a, another key piece is recognizing that um, you know, strategy may change. And I, I think uh, I've offered that that advice to people on numerous occasions, and they've said, oh, my strategy can change. And uh, it's really highlighting the fact that you have to be flexible. Uh, I think that's one of the key things we've learned from 2020. Uh, but certainly, uh, from my experience in the industry, uh, things change. Things change because of things that happen within your four walls, and things change because of things that happen within the four walls of your competition and within the market and within your city and within your country. And so it's really having that flexibility and understanding that you may need to pivot uh, on, on different occasions. And I think that's probably the most critical advice that, that I give is recognizing that, that they have to do that um, in order to be successful. It's, um, it, you can be very proactive, but there's also definitely an element of being uh, reactive and then figuring out how to move forward from, from what you've learned and what you've discovered and also what's happened uh, in your hotel environment. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, you know, the element you mentioned about, you know, planning being such a core element is, um, is clearly really important. You know, if you if you don't plan effectively, then then it's hard then to, to deliver effectively because you don't know what it is you're looking to achieve. I've just got one one final question to close out the podcast. So what, what would you say to somebody who hasn't ever taken part in a training session where a simulation is a core component? Well, boy, you're you're sure missing out. Uh, it's just such a, a, a great uh, experience. And I, I know that for myself, who went to hotel school back in the mid 90s, and there certainly was not any sort of uh, simulation programs, or if there were, uh, they they weren't of the caliber of the ones uh, that uh, that we're offering in, in 2020 and beyond. 
Um, but I, I think that it's uh, it's just such a, a great way of being so interactive. And, um, you know, people love to be hands on nowadays, both uh, both the young folks that are that are in colleges and universities and uh, and those that are in industry as well. So I think that uh, if you haven't ever had a chance to be a part of that, there is certainly um, look for the opportunity. And if you're interested to do it, uh, as I mentioned, you know, we're, we're very happy to now have the individual version of the CHBA, the Certified and Hospitality Business Acumen, and that's open for anyone to do uh, at any time. Fantastic. Um, thank you for that. And, uh, and as I said earlier, you know, we will include a link to the CHBA for anyone that's interested in that. Um, but I'm going to uh, bring things to a close and say, you know, a big thank you to Heidi. You know, you're you're clearly incredibly passionate about the hospitality industry as a whole, um, simulations and learning um, across the educational sector and across the industry. Um, and it's been really fantastic to hear about that. And, you know, I could certainly talk to you all day about the uh, about this, but I'm going to bring things to a close and say a big thank you for your time today. So thank you, Heidi. Thanks so much. It was great to speak with Heidi today, where we spoke about her introduction to simulations and how she now leads the delivery of industry-leading programmes such as HSMAI's Certified in Hospitality Business Acumen. She also spoke about how simulations deliver an opportunity for people to learn by doing and offer a safe space to develop and build core skills and competencies. The two themes of effective planning and driving balanced decisions were core elements of what Heidi discussed. These are clearly true both in education and within the hospitality industry. Thank you all for listening to episode two of Consultant Speak. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating as this really does help our podcast be found by others just like you. We hope you found this podcast informative, educational, and that it has made a positive impact to your day. Thank you very much and goodbye.